Thank you, Roberta. I love Karen Druffer and Daniel Nema and Michael Soss, but man, a song, that traditional song just can bring it all back up again, right? It's just so beautiful. And the song is a, a reflection of our scripture this morning, which is on the back of your bulletin from Isaiah, the 40th chapter. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Yes. Thank you for that. Roberta and our music team. So we are here in our, uh, in our Life's a Beach series, right? Everybody ready for another beach day? I see some of you with your uh, lays on. Uh, I thought we, we made it far today because 9 o'clock service, Greg Stuttering was here in his shorts and his Hawaiian shirt. Man, we've done it now, right? And I will tell you, this is the first time ever, I've been doing this since 2001, that I've ever been in shorts up on the platform, so I'm pushing my comfort zone as well. So we began a couple of weeks ago with our message and with our token for the series, which is the cowrie shell. So if you have not yet received the cowrie shell and you'd like to do so, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand as I share with you the point behind it. So, so I see a couple of hands up here and back there. So the first week that we talked about the cowrie shell, it was about shifting our perspective, understanding that we give meaning to the experiences in our life. And the cowrie shell represents that because, depending on who you are, the meaning of the cowrie shell changes. So the little snail whose home it was had one meaning in the cowrie shell. The uh, older indigenous civilizations that used the cowrie shell as a form of currency had another meaning behind the cowrie shell. Uh, some of our shamans who do sacred ceremonies use the cowrie shell in those sacred ceremonies. And, of course, today lots of people use them for crafting necklaces. And Janet gave me the most beautiful necklace on Sunday to make sure that it was clear I was the spiritual leader of this community. So thank you, Janet. And I forgot to wear it. So, you know, it might still be Barry today. He's got his necklace on. So we're asking you to take these cowrie shells as your reminder. We're looking at shifting our perspective. And uh, place that on your altar or somewhere where you can keep an eye on it. Uh, and then the next week, I brought up my friend the toucan, right? Uh, because we were talking about diving deeply. We want to dive deeply into these spiritual teachings. And last week, it was the swim goggles, right? Because salt water stings and heals. And we talked about what are we seeing through? Let's be really conscious about the way that we're looking through these eyes. What are we seeing? So how many people are like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what she's got for us today? Right? Okay. So, so our message is running on sand makes you stronger, right? Okay. We've got buff Jesus here, right? Good muscles going on, right? Buff Jesus. And it says here, hallowed be thy gain, right? And I thought to myself, like, God gives me these ideas, and I thought to myself, really? Buff Jesus? Because I know that there might be some of you sitting out there that heard that traditional song and thought, oh, 
studies. I wish we'd go back to that traditional place. And now I'm up here being totally irreverent, right, with this buff Jesus muscle t-shirt on. And then I realized, you know, even in the traditional religions, you, you can be somewhat irreverent. And so Laverne looked up for us some of the irreverent ways that we commercialize Jesus, right? So this is actually one I sent to her. It was my favorite. Right? This who who doesn't need a diamond encrusted suffering Jesus to wear around your neck as your indication that yes, I am a Christian, right? Or football Jesus. Right? Football Jesus. Football's right around the corner. And of course there's the you know, the bobblehead Jesus. Absolutely. Now these are Messiah men. All right, now i got a story behind this one because I really like collecting these irreverent Jesus sort of things. So a couple of years ago, I bought my own mint, Jesus mint. So the one has a picture of Jesus looking a lot like this, and it says, Jesus, could you use a mint? <laughs> and the other one, the other one is the, has the, the um, Last Supper, and those are my Last Supper dinner mints, you know? So I can be irreverent with the best of them. Jesus Band-Aids. Right, of course. Who does not need a Jesus cheese scraper? Right? I mean, why not? On this one, Laverne found this one. This is a shaving mug. So when the mug, when the mug is cold, when you start out, it's Jesus in his full beard. But once you put the hot water in there and shave, it's like clean-shaven Jesus. Right? Clean-shaven Jesus. Okay, here is Dancing with Jesus. This is a literal CD you can buy on Amazon if anybody's interested. I wanted to share with you that with this CD you can learn the Water Walk, the Temptation Tango, the Judas Hustle, and the Apostolic Congo. So if you want to dance for Jesus, you can do that. All right, this is, this is funny. This is Jesus. So, so this is what it says. You can be bad as you want all day at night. Simply wash away your sins, right? And then there's a little picture of the devil down there saying, it's that good, even I use it, <laughs> right? Oh, and then this one. So these are for the smokers. This is a Jesus ashtray, right? And we get the good guilt in there because it says, Jesus hates it when you smoke. <laughs> All right, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> So there's obviously a great commercialization of, of Jesus, right? And, and my buttons can get pushed thinking, well, I hope that that's not, you're not thinking that that's all you have to do, right? I mean, so there's some of us, and maybe you were that way at one point in time where you thought, well, all I have to do is come to church, go to church on Sunday, get my hour of service in, and then, you know, I've done what I need to do, kind of like that soap, right? I can do whatever I want six days a week. And then I go to church on Sunday and it all washes away, right? That's that, that surface Christianity that we want to we move beyond, that we want to talk about today and the running on sand makes you stronger. So it's about more than just being here once a week and thinking that's enough. That's as ridiculous as those commercialized things, you know, that we just heard. So what do we what do we need to do? Well, uh, gourmets for God. We had that a couple of months ago, and one of my gourmets for God activities was an eight mile hardcore hike, and I was so disappointed because nobody signed up for it. 
you all said no, not doing that. So, so actually, last Saturday, I went and took that hike, because I love that hike. It's all through the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. It's so beautiful. And then yesterday, I happened to find myself with another free day, and I decided I'm going to go for another hike. Only this was a harder core hike. Yesterday, I went for a 10.3-mile hike, walking from Dake, which is just down from Boston, up to Brecksville and back in this loop, 10.3 miles. I know, right? Impressive. It's like, you don't just wake up. I don't wake up in the morning and say, never having done it before, I'm going to go for a 10-mile hike today without having prepared myself somewhat for that, right? So that was not my first hike of the season. I've been hiking quite a bit this season to work my way up to it. But, but that wasn't even the most impressive thing. So I like this particular hike because it takes me into the Cuyahoga Valley National Park where normally it's a very quiet, solo sort of activity. You know, I'm about the only one that's walking through this trail, and, and that's why I like it so much. Um, but yesterday, there was an event going on called the Burning River Endurance Run. Did anybody ever hear of that or participate? Did anybody participate in that ever? Carl, you've done the endurance run? Okay, so talk to Carl after service about it. So I'm on this hike through the Cuyahoga Valley National Park, which if anybody's ever hiked that, you are going up and down these ridges. In fact, in the 10-mile hike that I did, I had an elevation change up and down of 1,800 feet. So it's pretty significant. But that was just a portion of what this endurance run is doing. So there were different levels you could get involved in. You could have a relay team of eight people where each person would do a segment of the run. And each person then was responsible for 12.5 miles. Now imagine, I'm not talking hiking, I'm not talking walking or strolling, I'm talking an endurance run, right? 12.5 miles up and down these hills. You could do that. That would have certainly been more than I could have done. You could also do the four-person um, relay, which would mean that each person would do 25 miles up and down these hills, right? And if that wasn't enough for you, you could do a half race, which was 50 miles, 50 miles running up and down these ridges. Now, is anybody thinking, that's just insane, because that's what I was thinking yesterday, right? This is, this is, and I saw all ages, you know, from 20-year-olds, 20, 20 so I'm thinking, all right, well, yeah, if I were 20, maybe I'd think about it, but all the way up into the 60s, I saw people doing it, right? 50. So at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I passed this woman who had started at 5 a.m., was doing her first 50-mile run, and she was at like 38 miles and still had 12 miles to go, and hoping to get it done in 12 hours. Now, we're talking over 4 miles an hour, constant, right, up and down these hills. But hey, if that's not enough of a challenge for you, you could do the full race. The full race. It's 100 miles, starting in Willoughby. They have to finish it in 30 hours. Now, I can't even imagine. I can't even wrap my head around it. I cannot imagine being able to do that. Right? And I know that those people did not just wake up this weekend and go, you know, I don't have anything better to do. I'll go run 100 miles. Right? I mean, this takes planning. This takes commitment. This takes discipline. This takes preparation, right, to do this. So anybody want to take a guess what the, the top time was, somebody who completed that race yesterday? How many hours? You'd think, right? I mean, I know I couldn't even do it in 27. I heard another guess. 
23? 15 is close, or 14 hours. 14 hours! Now, this is like averaging 7 point some miles per hour for 14 hours in order to complete that race in that time. I just can't even imagine it. But it was my reminder yesterday as I was on this hike and, and they'd come by and I'd, you know, wish them well and tell them good luck and you can do this. And I was thinking about how much preparation has to go in, how much you have to build up your endurance to do that. And that's what we're talking about with this idea of running on sand makes you stronger. So I know that before I found unity, you know, I was under the impression that there was this someday heaven that I was going to get to, right? And it would, it would happen someday after I left this body and I could finally reach that place where there would be no more suffering and no more pain and life, life would be good, right? And then I, I grew and came to unity and recognized and realized that Jesus told us, you know, the kingdom of heaven is here now. We don't have to wait for it. It's here now. And so then it was like, oh my goodness, that's awesome. I can experience the kingdom of heaven here now. And then perhaps you, like me, might have changed this idea of kingdom of heaven. Someday I'm going to get to that state of perfection, to this idea of I can reach enlightenment in my lifetime. And when I'm finally enlightened, well, life will be good. It'll be so easy. I will no longer suffer. I will no longer feel pain or anger or frustration or, or bitterness. Anybody have that idea of enlightenment in your mind? Right? And can you see that all we've done then is replace one idea for another idea of suddenly my life is going to be okay and I'm going to be okay? I'm inviting us to, to transform that idea. Enlightenment is nothing more than choosing to be the light in this moment, in every moment, without exception. And that takes, by the way, some building up of our spiritual strength. It doesn't just happen because one day I wake up and say, well, that's it, I'm enlightened now. It happens because I shift myself and the way that I show up in the world. Maybe you've heard that Zen Cohen that says, uh, before enlightenment, carry water, chop wood. After enlightenment, carry water, chop wood. Right? I mean, it, not much changes out here. The change takes place inside of us. And it doesn't just happen by accident. It happens because I become disciplined in practicing this spirituality. This world is waiting for us, waiting for us to shine our light, waiting for us to demonstrate our spiritual strength, waiting for us to show that we understand we are here to create the kingdom of heaven consciousness right here and right now. And that takes great courage. That takes great discipline. That takes great practice. So we come here together not just to sit in these chairs and feel good on a Sunday and, and have these ideas in our mind that we are not living in our life. In the same way that those hundred milers yesterday ran those hundred miles, they had to start somewhere. 
You know, you couldn't run 100 miles unless you were able to run the 50 mile. You couldn't run the 50 mile unless you were able to run the 25 mile. Couldn't run that 25 miles unless you had the 12 and a half miles down. You couldn't run that 12 and a half unless, like me, you could do 10. And I wasn't even running. Right? And you couldn't. I couldn't do that 10 until I built up and moved from the 6 or the 5 or the 4 or the 3. And maybe for you, you're sitting there going, God, I can't even do a half a mile. Start there. Start where you're at. Wherever that is. Start where you're at spiritually. If you, who in here can imagine reaching a state of enlightenment? In this lifetime. Okay, well, there's some hands, but there's lots of hands that aren't that. Those people that ran the hundred, like, I know I couldn't do it, because in my mind I can't even imagine doing it. But I know that you will not reach enlightenment, that we will not reach the kingdom of heaven consciousness if we can't see it in our mind. So start where you're at. How can I shine my light in this moment? What does it look like right here, right now? To shine my light. And then all we have to do is continue to choose it in the next moment and in the next moment and in the next moment and build our spiritual muscle to always show up in that place of understanding that I am the light of God expressing here now. Step by step. It begins one step, one step. That's how you get to 100 miles. You have to start and persevere. And that's that. Strength, the power of strength. It's our power to persevere. Our power that will carry us through each moment shining that light of God. So yesterday, as all those runners were running by me, and I'd move off the path, and I'd let them run through, and, and I'd see they, they had on their numbers, and they had names on, and so as they were running by, I'd say, yeah, good job, Bob, you can do this, right? And then this guy came by, and he had on there, running for Jesus. Right? Running for Jesus. And I knew when I saw that sign on him that this wasn't a commercialization of Jesus, right? This wasn't a bling of Jesus. This was, hey, it is that power within me that Jesus demonstrated that is giving me the strength in this moment, that is helping me to persevere in this moment, that is giving me the understanding in this moment that I can do this. I am running for Jesus. So as a community, I continue to bring up through this series of how we're being called as well into deeper places, into shining our light more completely, into not just having the words that we're all one, but actually taking the actions as a community that demonstrates that we know this to be true. And so, so many here in this community, myself included, have been greatly impacted by some of the things that are happening in our world, and one of which being the immigration crisis that's happening. So one of our, our own, Marilyn Volkerding, who's not here today, went to a OLA meeting that was up in Rocky River a couple of weeks ago to hear, how can we help? And uh, that particular group is working with the group in Norwalk, where there was an immigration enforcement activity that took place, and many, many people got arrested, and and, and I don't want to get into the politics of it. That's not what this is about. But what I see in my mind are the children. These children who have had their parents arrested, they don't know when they're going to see them again or if they're going to see them again or what that's going to look like. They're afraid to leave their houses and go to school. The children, the innocent, 
So I've been feeling like, what's mine to do? What's mine to do? And what Marilyn brought to us is we could help those ones right here in our community in Norwalk. And so for the month of August for our community outreach, what we're going to be doing is inviting you to put action to our words, to the love, to the acceptance, to the community that we are, and bringing for those children, children's books. They can be in English. They can be in Spanish. We're asking you to bring them balls and jump ropes, maybe some sidewalk talks, some bubbles, some simple things, right, that, that allows them to, to play and to have some joy. And finally, they have a specific need for toddler toys. And all of these things can be new or gently used. It's good. But let's, let's move out of just the head knowing of what we are about in shining our light. Let's set aside any of the politics and the policies and let's just address these beautiful, innocent children and support them and build our spiritual muscle in the process. Will you help with that project? Beautiful. So every week on the back of your bulletin, we have a spiritual practice, right? Because I know for myself that it's easy to talk about these things, but I've got to walk the walk. We've got to practice it. It is only in practicing it that we'll get strong. So we have a practice for today. We have, um, there is a saying that faith is not the absence of fear, but stepping forward in spite of your fear. This week, consider where you have been holding back out of fear. Is there a conversation that you've been afraid to have? Is there a, a choice that you've been afraid to make? A, a situation that you've been afraid to face? Consider how you could face whatever it is head on. What is one thought you could hold, one conversation you could have, one action you could take that would support you in moving forward and discovering you have all that you need right here, right now, to bring that kingdom of heaven consciousness forth in this moment. Let's build up our spiritual muscles by practicing this together. Are you with me? Oh, well, that sounded somewhat weak. Right, so here's what I want you to do. Everybody ready? I want you to go, Ready? Come on, one more time. All right, now, will you join me in this? Right? Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, friends.